morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published from Course in Miracles Society. Today we're in the Manual for Teachers. We're reading Section 12. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? We'll be reading Sections 1 through 6. We also invite our daily lesson. It's lesson number 349. Today I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not, but give even one miracle of love instead. I ask that you mute your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute function. So has anyone joined the call that would like to say hello or get on the reading list? Although it's very short today. We have six paragraphs. Wendy, I'm here. Hi, Wendy. Anyone else out there? All right, so in order, I have Bryce, Ida, Lee, Paula, Fran, Carl, Reverend Rita, and Sharon. So in this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Reverend Rita, but before I do that, can I please remind everyone to make sure you're muted so we don't have um, feedback. Thank you. Reverend Rita? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. We'll begin our time together this morning by closing our eyes and just spending a few moments in uh, in that stillness with one another in that peace in the joining in the one mind he tells us from loving minds there is no separation And every thought in one brings gladness to the other because they are the same. Today, together, we open to our lesson. Our lesson today is Lesson 349. Today, I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not but give each one a miracle of love instead. Unquote. What if, what if I were here to give instead of take? What if I saw this life as a miracle of love in which I could give everything that I myself would want? God gives me peace, gives me joy and freedom. What if today these were the gifts I give the world? And in these healing gifts, I am healed as well. Today, I let your vision look upon all things for me and judge them not. The lesson goes on to say, So would I liberate all things I see and give to them the freedom that I seek. For thus do I obey the law of love and give what I would find and make my own It will be given me because I have chosen it as a gift I want to give. Father, your gifts are mine. Each one that I accept gives me a miracle to give. And giving as I would receive, I learn your healing miracles belong to me. Our Father knows our needs. He gives us grace to meet them. And so we trust in him to send us miracles, to bless the world and heal our minds as we return to him 
Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Chris, Ida goes before me. Ida, if that's okay with you, I think you were here first. Yeah, okay. that's fine. All right, I'm Thank going you. to, because it's short, this, well, it's six paragraphs, so I am not going to read one. So Ida, title and paragraph one, please. Twelve. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? One. The answer to this question is one. One holy, perfect teacher whose learning is complete suffices. This one, sanctified and redeemed, becomes the self who is the Son of God. He who is always Holy Spirit now no longer sees himself as a body or even as in a body. Therefore, he is limitless. And being limitless, his thoughts are joined with God's forever and ever. His perception of himself is based upon God's judgment, not his own. Thus does he share God's will and bring his thoughts to still deluded minds. He is forever one because he is as God created him. He has accepted Christ and he is saved. Thank you, Ida. Uh, Bryce, one and two, please. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? The answer to this question is one. One holy, perfect teacher whose learning is complete suffices. This one, sanctified and redeemed, becomes the self who is the Son of God. He who was always Holy Spirit now no longer sees himself as a body or even as in a body. Therefore, he is limitless. And being limitless, his thoughts are joined with God's forever and ever. His perception of himself is based upon God's judgment, not his own. Thus does he share God's will and bring his thoughts to still deluded minds. He is forever one because he is as God created him. He has accepted Christ and he is saved. Two. Thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God. It is not really a change. It is a change of mind. Nothing external alters, but everything internal now reflects only the love of God. God can no longer be feared, for the mind sees no cause for punishment. God's teachers appear to be many, for that is the world's need, yet being joined in one purpose, and one they share with God, how could they be separate from each other? What does it matter if they then appear in many forms? Their minds are one. Their joining is complete. And God works through them now as one, for that is what they are. Thank you, Bryce. Lee, two and three, please. Thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God. 
It is not really a change. It is a change of mind. Nothing external alters. But everything internal now reflects only the love of God. God can no longer be feared, for the mind sees no cause for punishment. God's teachers appear to be many, for that is the world's need. Yet, being joined in one purpose, and one they share with God, how could they be separate from each other? What does it matter if they then appear in many forms? Their minds are one. Their joining is complete. And God works through them now as one, for that is what they are. Three, why is the illusion of many necessary? Only because reality is not understandable to the deluded. Only a very few can hear God's voice at all. And even if they cannot communicate, rather, only very few can hear God's voice at all. And even they cannot communicate his messages directly through the Spirit which gave them. They need a medium through which communication becomes possible to those who do not realize that they are spirit. A body they can see, a voice they can understand and listen to without the fear that truth would encounter in them. Do not forget that truth can come only where it is welcomed without fear. And so, so do God's teachers need a body for their unity could not be recognized directly. Thank you, Lee. Paula, three and four, please. Why is the illusion of many necessary? Only because reality is not understandable to be deluded, to that deluded. Can I read that again? Only because reality is not understandable to the deluded. Only a very few excuse me, can hear God's voice at all, and even they cannot communicate his messages directly through the Spirit which gave them. They need a medium through which communication becomes possible to those who do not realize that they are Spirit, a body they can see, a voice they can understand and listen to without the fear that truth would encounter in them. Do not forget that truth can only come where it is welcomed without fear. So do God's teachers need a body for their unity could not be recognized directly. Four. Yet what makes them God's teachers in their recognition of the proper purpose of the body? As they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let God's voice speak to it speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer and these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer messages which are not of this world. And the mind will understand because of their source. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is. The only use there there really is for it this lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in, and what is 
one is recognized as one. The teachers of God appear to spare, spare the illusion of separation. The teachers of God, the teachers of God appear to share the illusions of separation. But because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. Thank you, Paula. Fran, four and five, please. Four. Yet what makes them God's teachers is the recognition of the proper purpose of the body. As they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let God's voice speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer messages which are not of this world. And the mind will understand because of their source. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is, the only use there really is for it. This lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in and what is one is recognized as one. The teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation, but because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. Five. The central lesson is always this, that what you use the body for, it will become. Use it for sin or for attack, which is the same as sin, and you will see it as sinful. Because it is sinful, it is weak, and being weak, it suffers and it dies. Use it to bring the word of God to those who have it not, and the body becomes holy. Because it is holy, it cannot be sick, nor can it die. When its usefulness is done, it is laid by, and that is all. The mind makes this decision as it makes all decisions which are responsible for the body's condition. Yet the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. To do that would be to give the body another purpose from the one that keeps it holy. God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him what his function is. He does not suffer either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. Thank you, Fran. Um, Carl, five and six, please. The central lesson is always this, that what you use the body for it will become to you. Use it for sin or for attack, which is the same as sin, and you will see it as sinful. Because it is sinful, it is weak, and being weak, it suffers and dies. Use it to bring the word of God to those who have it not, and the body becomes holy. Because it is holy, it cannot be sick, nor can it die. When its usefulness is done, it is laid by, and that is all. The mind, <clears throat> excuse me, the mind makes this decision as it makes all decisions which are responsible for the body's condition. Yet the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. To do that would be to give the body another purpose from the one that keeps it holy. 
God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him when his func what his function is. He does not suffer either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. 6. Oneness and sickness cannot coexist. God's teachers choose to look on dreams a while. It is a conscious choice, for they have learned that all choices are made consciously, with full awareness of their consequences. The dream says otherwise, but who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are? Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. Yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams, and it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream let me start over. And it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeing, and yet surely theirs. Thank you, Carl. And Reverend Regis, six, please. Okay, six. Oneness and sickness cannot coexist. God's teachers choose to look on dreams a while. It is a conscious choice. They have learned that all choices are made consciously with full awareness of their consequences. The dream says otherwise, but who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are? Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. Yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams, and it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeing, and yet surely theirs. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams, and it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeing, and yet surely theirs. Amen. The floor is open. This is Fran. Um, I have a question. Why in number three does he say, why is the illusion of many necessary? He's, is he telling us that the is, is necessary? For everyone to have an illusion? I don't get it. Help. <laughs> As a joke, I'm going to say that's not part of the answer. Uh, this is Bryce. Uh, the, the very last sentence is the key to this paragraph. Uh, it's one that stood out for me. I'd like to speak about here a little bit where it says, so do God's teachers need a body for their unity cannot be recognized directly. Uh, this seems uh, fairly uh, important to the understanding the whole idea uh, of what is a dream and what is illusion and um, 
and what this how the, this section ends as well, where it says unity alone is not a thing of dreams. So <clears throat> oneness, which this section is speaking of, is the truth. Uh, yet, how can you experience oneness alone in uh, without a body, without a communication medium and uh, a means to express it and other uh, means to have relationship so what i what I think this section is speaking to me is that when I go within and I meditate on my oneness and unity with God as the truth of who I am, um, my experience shifts from one where um, my ideas um, relate to unity rather than to separation. So to me, illusion of separate bodies, when that becomes my, um, when my focus is on that and not relating to the oneness and unity which joins and, and is what is the cause of all, uh, is the source of all my suffering when I look at anything separate from its source. So to to look at that question, for me, Fran, um, if I can get back to it here, uh, why is the illusion of many necessary? Um, it's answered in the last sentence. It's for me, it is the means for having unity. It is the means for experiencing relationship. It is the means for transmuting the separation. Uh, it says in this section that um, trying to get my share out of the way and trying to answer your question here too, Chris or uh, Fran. Uh, the where. Uh, where it talks about um, the medium here. I'm trying to find that real quick. That was I'm scanning my page. It's about the fifth sentence a, of that paragraph three. Oh, is it? Okay, sure. Okay, thanks. <laughs> scanning everywhere else. Thanks, Paul. Um, Only very few can hear God's voice at all, and even they cannot communicate his messages directly through the Spirit, which gave them. They need a medium through which communication becomes possible to those who do not realize that they are Spirit. So um, when my brother becomes the voice of God, when when my brother communicates his awareness of his strength, his love, and the unity which his healed mind has experienced, I um, 
I move from my belief in my illusion of separation, which again, it's only something in my mind that is affecting my experience of reality. Uh, that is, to me, I just I didn't get to say this yesterday, so I'm going to say it today. Um, the illusion of separation is a mind thing. It's how I interpret who I am. The last paragraph from the previous section, sorry to bounce around, but I really wanted to share this from yesterday and didn't get a chance. Um, it says, in that last paragraph, it says, uh, peace uh, now belongs here because the thought of God has entered. Uh, the thought of God being what everything is, everyone is, uh, when my mind becomes attuned to who I am as being an extension and a thought of God, when that becomes my single true thought, then nothing in this world is illusory in the sense of knowing nothing is being acted upon outside of that fact. So it's only illusion when I forget that fact, when I see separate interests as something real, I imagine that a thought could become separate from God and act independent of God. That's the only illusion. Never can I act independently of God. Never can anyone act independently of God. They can think without that being their reality. And that, to me, is what the form of all fears and the form of all sickness and the form of all suffering in a dream, uh, why that occurs is in the delusions of those ideas. I'm complete. Great. Can I, I take... loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Great. Can Thank I take you. a shot at the separation? Uh, you would have to be many different people to see what it means to be in separation. But you aren't many different people. If you looked at those people who utilized the Holy Spirit in their work on the earth, and you read them, and you tried to listen to the particular things that they said it happened to be written down then you would get a picture of unity because you are literally now drawing in the threads of it to your own mental um, joining in your mind when in the, in the gospel, 
in this, the Gnostic Gospels, it is explained that God made four beings, all equal to itself. And one of the beings decided it wanted to make other beings without integration with God. That causes separation. But any being which has the power of God, because it is completely given, can do that. Apparently, one of the beings decided that this was important to it. And at that moment, all of us were born from her should we want to look at it her way or its way or his way. So you have a choice. You can look at it from the divine being's way, separation, or you can look at that, that accomplishes ego. Then you can look at it God's way. That's the Holy Spirit. And you can join that whenever you feel you have uh, you can join that whenever God feels you have returned to the state of understanding that you never left God. And that's explained in the Gnostic Gospel to John. Um, that may help, but you have you have to look at how it's separated out in Edgar Casey or in Mother Seton or in um, Mary Baker Eddy or in the people in Chicago that wrote Urantia or um, um, Paul Tuttle or the other channelers. You have to pick up a lot of these threads and look at them, bring them all together in, in one uh, interweaving to start to see what happened. But you don't need to see what happened because all you have to do is, is take up God's attitude and God will take the final step and um, you will return. Does that make any sense? Yes, Rob. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Bryce, by the way. And I didn't get a chance to say how much I enjoyed your opening. Thank you, Reverend Regia. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was very beautiful. Oh, thank you. I agree. Thank you, Reverend Regia. And Bryce, there, I got to sharing that <laughs> you keep doing this thing that I'm trying to, you keep saying, alluding to something, and I swear to God, I'm going to, I'm going to really understand it on a deep level one of these days. Um, and you seem to, so I really want to do a mind note with you for a minute here. Okay? So here I am. My hand is on your head. Your head is my, on my head. Let's just do this mind note. Okay? Are you with me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the mind melt is <laughs> the mind melt is around. Ah, 
Okay, I actually took notes what you're saying. Um, so I'm going to go back through the notes. Um, when my mind becomes attuned to, uh, this is part of it, when my mind becomes attuned to who I am, when that becomes my single true thought, when nothing in this world is illusory, when nothing is being attacked, attacked, <laughs> attacked, and outside of that fact, is only illusion. When I see separate interests as something real, I imagine that something could act separately. Ah, this is it. I imagine that something could act separately from God. Okay, so that's, I want to pull that out. When I imagine that something could act separately from God. Okay, so I can't imagine a world right now in which there are that isn't the tr- that doesn't exist. That there are those that act separately um, under the illusion of God. Oh God, I can't, I haven't, I'm getting all um, convoluted in my thinking here. I want to get this. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, just beam it into my brain. Okay, I don't think I can get it through intellectual analysis. I think I just need to wake up to it. Um, how did you get there? Unclean. <laughs> I'm I'm just singing happy birthday with you to Lee still. Uh, I, <laughs> that was beautiful. I didn't get a chance to tell you that. Um you know, I I um I woke up this morning having an attunement. And let me describe that for you a minute. I was called to awake to the gift of my thoughts. The only illusion for me is when I don't recognize the gift of thought, the birthing of it as not my own. (laughs) There's some joining, some connection, some relationship that I have with God that is pre-thought. When I forget that, when I let my thoughts become detached from knowing, absolutely knowing, that nothing is disconnected from the giver of my life, you know, that that's what the attunement for me is about and then when I come from that place of completely being robbed of any ideas that would be mine alone or any experience that would be mine alone this transmutation of who I think I am and spent most of my existence walking in this dream happened for me. 
I, I fall into an illusory of who I think I am and who uh, I think others are all the time. But when I'm when I'm co- when, when I when I'm when I'm lucid, I know as this section ends with that there really is no separation. And the dream um, is not cause for it. Unity is that part of my mind alone. It says, unity alone is not a thing of dreams. So that has to be where my mind is um, is is. is joined with. So I really want to give space to other people here. Um, I want to say thank you uh, for anyone who expresses a question and for any of us uh, who have the faith and the grace to extend an answer. Uh, I just want everyone here to know uh, I am nothing but what we are together. Uh, expressing a learning, a desire to learn, a desire to experience the reality of God's love in all of us. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> wish we had hours and hours and hours um, to listen to each other really truly from the heart and and to know we are one learning together of that fact <laughs> complete thanks Sharon thank you Bryce that was lovely yes Bryce thank you that was thanks lovely. Bryce thank you Bryce thanks everybody Bryce Chris, you know, the last couple of days, it's been really foggy. And this morning and today, I'm looking out the window, and it's so clear and so breathtaking that, Carl, I think you said this once, is it just the simple fact that I need the contrast to have the experience to understand? And how else could I get home? I don't know. I'm complete. Nice, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Apparently, we do need the contrast, for we made a world where duality is the norm. I'm complete. Right, but it, it appears that it's the norm, but what we're learning is that it's not, that, that it's an illusion. Boy, this is challenging. That's right, Chris. That's You're right. So that's, there it is. It's the challenge. Just like you said, it's the norm that I look out the window in the fog and not see anything. But the truth is that that everything is just there exactly the way it's supposed to be. That I'm, I live on two different planes. Just I constantly forget my true self. 
of who I really am, my capabilities, not to see anyone as a body, but to go higher than that. I mean, there are many examples of people that have done this. I just am buying into the fact that I can't. I'm complete. I'm sorry I'm laughing. <laughs> well, I'm with you, Chris, and I don't know what the other people on this call would say, but I constantly forget all that stuff, too. But people say nice things about me and love me anyway, so that helps me feel better about it. <laughs> I'm complete. Well, it's from, um, we made the world, but God adjusts the world. Did you ever see a mother that cared about her children or a father that cared about his children? He paid no attention to them? He wasn't interested in what they were doing? Didn't want to make it better? Didn't want to enhance it? Surprise them sometimes with wonderful appearances. We're forgetting that we're children. Uh, the others... In the cosmos, look at us as children. We keep playing with dangerous toys. Um, God never forgets that we need help and helps us with these beautiful changes of scenery, adjustments to the environment, adjustments to ourselves as a group, and makes this a heaven. In my outlook, I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. You know, there's one statement in here. If I don't bring it out, um, I'm going to be remiss. And it says uh, in paragraph 5, the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. Um, that fact is um, is the one idea in the course which for me is the very most important of all ideas for me. I'm never alone. I never make any decision alone. I never think alone. I never do anything alone. When that reality becomes the truth in my mind, when my experience of the unity and oneness of God becomes a fact, then nothing I do is illusory in the sense that Illusion is the idea of separation. So to know nothing that I ever do, I do alone. No decision I make, no choice, nothing, nothing, not a single little thing do I ever do alone. That one idea firmly and clearly identified and grasped and confirmed is the correction of all my errors 
and the direction that I would always go in. And I, that's the one idea in this whole section that, that I need to know. I'm never alone. I make no decisions alone. I'm complete. Okay. Um, can I respond to that? Please do, Rob. Please don't ask. You have the floor, brother. Speak to me. Give me your all. In the secret gospel of John, that's called secret because it didn't get into the Bible, the being decided to make other beings without asking God, without integration. At that moment, the separation occurred. And every offspring from that separation is in separation. But each of them is uniquely divine. Because what God made cannot be anything but divine. And Jesus explains it that way. And then Jesus, on the Internet, as Raj, says that the one thing that did not get in any of the books is the Holy Spirit, the part that is utterly divine, is your right mind held in trust for you while you dally with the separated mind, the ego mind. So that means that divinity is yours whenever you desire it. But separation is yours because of a decision made in the past that placed all of us in a position to teach separation and make separation on our own, making our own children and teaching them separation. That, that's just the way I look at it, and it seems to accord with the holy instant that says, in the holy instant, you know, like a, a joining, uh, you then have come out of the ego mind and joined your divine never-leaving-you mind. And that way, you indicate to God you would rather be with him than by yourself. That's just the way I look at it. It may not be correct. I'm complete. Thanks, Thanks Ross. I just want to take a quick minute here. Um, there's a lot of people on the call today that some we haven't heard from for a while. So I'm going to invite you all to say hello or um, would love to hear some feedback from you and everyone to be comfortable in the silence um, until they're welcome or feel comfortable to come forward. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Uh, this Reverend Regent Joy, I just wanted to quickly share that uh, when I listened to Bryce just now and to Rob, and I heard such a unity, really, uh, and I, I felt... There was a feeling uh, in both shares 
but and and what I did was use those use those shares to remind myself that there's only one power in the universe whether I use that to miscreate or not and that's what I felt so deeply in, in listening to the shares that even the separation even the misperception there's uh, there's unity behind everything so there's only one power and I can use that power there's only there's only the all that is and I can misuse that power to think that I am separate and he tells us doesn't make it so you can think it is but it doesn't make it so I can miscreate but I can't make what is real not real <laughs> which really feels good and I can feel that how in what was being shared it's a it's a wonderful feeling of unity behind that's the vision that I want today Christ's vision to look upon all things I want to see the unity behind the uh, the imposter of separation but I want to see that it's one power that not two uh, I'm complete thank you so much thanks so thank Rita. Thanks. I love it. Thank you, Reverend Thank you, Reverend Thank you. Right. It sounds like, Ms. Rob, it sounds like the mental wish of everyone is to join. And it's natural within you. But when looking at what happens, you make an internal rejection of not wanting that to be there, which is natural. That rejection has to have a form. The form for separation is a body. And that form for return is bringing your mind under the advisement of the Holy Spirit. At that point, you have decided, I'm in a body. I appear to be in a body, and I appear to have a body, but I don't necessarily want that to be the case. I want to join. So we're really not two different things. One is a wish from a divine being that's only temporary. That's explained in all of the books. The difference between, you know, it, it's um, difference between existence and being. That's in all the books. And it tells you that you have all the power of God temporarily so this is just a temporary condition and we all do not want to have a separated mind and we can all get out of it by saying God I'd rather hear what you think through your voice that, that's the way I think about it I, I don't think I have to I think I'm in this position because it happened that way but I know I can will return every instant that I want. I'm complete. 
Thanks, Rob. That's that's very powerful when you when you um, emphasize uh, how it is for you, and when you put that in I terms the way you did at the end of that share. Uh, it's that's um, huge exclamation point on that share. Thank you. Well, I didn't mean it that way. I just. Oh, it's lovely. It's good, Rob, because, see, the thing is, when we do an I term, when I speak in I terms, I'm not telling anybody else what their experience is. And um, they may have the same experience, or they may not. I don't know. I'm not telling them what their experience should be. I'm not saying you're doing all that, but I think that was his point about the I terms. Um... Instead of saying you, <laughs> you, and whatever, I had this experience. Thanks. I'm complete. Um, thank you very much. That's, that's quite uh, interestingly both divisive and joining. When another person finds a gold nugget and wants to share it with the whole family, he ends up having to bring it home. And the others may see it as his. Or the others may see it that he's forcing it on them. Or the others may take joy in sharing what the other has found. And I'm just an explorer. I'm just an explorer. I tell no one how to think. I tell no one how to be. fact is, I barely know how to be myself. I'm just barely. In, in reality, most of it is in existence. There's never any intent to tell anyone else how to be. I'm just sharing what I have found in exploration. These gold nuggets from God. Complete. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. I'm really aching to hear from some of the others on the call. A little something about um, just something in relation to the reading or how it strikes you. Or And I join with Chris. If we could just get very comfortable with some silence and and just invite you know those occasional um, little insights, something about a passage or one of the uh, paragraphs that strikes you this morning. Would love to hear from more of you. Thank you. This is Sharon. I just want to say this because I, every time I read this chapter or this uh, section heading, I always want to laugh. I think I think there's a um, a joke inside of that the title, and I like it. So thanks, Bro J for Brother Jesus for the little joke, and um, of course, <laughs> if no, if somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's the joke. How many so and sos does it take to change a light bulb? So, um, I just love it. Thanks, Jesus, for the joke this morning. I'm complete. 
It's Chris. When we when we all got in the elevator at the conference and none of us really knew each other, it was it was in the city, of course, in New York, and it was jammed. And I said, "How many, how many students can you fit in an elevator?" And I hadn't met Sam yet, and he screams out, "One!" That's great. Man, that guy's really funny. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm Chris, I'm going to have to listen to the tape to know why I was just so excited by one part of what you shared earlier. But there was just one one place where you were speaking of what's come to you, and um, it was the point in your share when you said, and I look out, and I realize that, and then fill in the blank, and it's gone to me now because things... Well, I that's just, uh, I was, lost that's that train, but boy, I was—I just have to tell you how excited I was that to hear that expressed that way from you this morning. Sorry to interrupt you, but that was my cry for Carl to speak because I will never forget when I first heard him talk about that shift in aware—like not even a shift in awareness—it's the the whining and bitching and moaning that I do all the time. Like, why don't I get this? Why can't I see who I really am? And he's so calmly, and I want to turn it over to him, just explain that you would never be able to, I can't even do it as eloquent. Carl, can you help me? <laughs> hmm, I'm not sure. Um, I think, I think um, I've got the, the, the very last half of six highlighted. And I think that, that that's maybe what you're, you're, the kind of thought that you're referring to, where he says, awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. And um, to be aware of dreaming, you need to be in the process, at least, of waking up. And in the process of waking up, you recognize that what you thought was real, and you used earlier the word uh, contrast, Chris, and, and, and that's the difference between, for me, what's real and not real. It's, there's a contrast there. You realize that um, uh, what you thought was real, you're beginning to see that it's not real. And without that contrast, uh, you wouldn't have the ability necessarily to do that. Uh, of course, at the same time, if the contrast wasn't there, you wouldn't be sleeping perhaps. But um, once... Uh, uh, well, and, and I think the other the other part of that that I may have mentioned at one time is how does one truly know love? How does one really understand love without experiencing not love? So that's I don't know. This is this is getting a little convoluted, but that's kind of. Uh, uh, what I see being said in awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. Uh, they watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. 
yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. So, I'm complete. That was very good. Yeah, thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Um, Let me add one thing here. Uh, The contrast that we see day to day, moment to moment, between thoughts of a divine offspring, ourselves, and the reality of the divinity that is within us also and gives us these glimpses of the true holy mind is more a nuance than a stark contrast. But you have to, like Carl says, you have to have experienced the non to see the real. But, you see, when God made beings, he made them, she made them, exactly as powerful as itself. And in this powerful as itself, when you make a world, in your mind, it is just a nuance different than God's world. And yet it... It has all the appearance of being perfectly real. The exclamation point that was added to my personal beliefs was added by all of you, not me, because what I am discovering is meant for everyone. And the difference between what I believe and what God would have me believe is the tiniest thing. And it turns out it happens to be everything. That tiny nuance. i, I got to take another call. Thank you my, very much. Rob? Are you yes, back. I'm finished. You're complete? I said, I, I said I had to take another call. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. I'm not trying to be an oracle. I'm trying to show you that I discovered this little gold nugget and this little gold nugget and this little gold nugget and these little gold nuggets strangely fit together really beautifully. Now, of course, you can infer that I'm trying to tell you how to believe. (laughs) Nothing could be farther from the truth. I'm trying to show you what, in an exploration of the last 40 years, I have run into and where they seem to fit each other. That's, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to be. I love you all. I know you're me. And you are totally free, especially for me. I'm complete. 
Rob, this is Bryce. Uh, I just want to uh, say this with a great uh, uh, sense of appreciation for your desire to share spontaneously what's on your heart. That's a great gift that not everyone has on this call. And there is a spirit of desire from several here um, to make an opportunity for those who perhaps aren't quite so full of gold nuggets uh, to share them uh, as well. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful. Uh, but that, uh, that's what I want to share with you, brother. Thank you. Thanks. I'm complete. Thanks. Thanks. Is there anyone with us that hasn't had the opportunity to say good morning this morning? Just uh, would like to let us know that you're with us. Good morning. It's Mary. I'm listening. Thank you for all your beautiful shares. Bright good morning, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi. Hi, Mary. Hi. This reading seems really, really deep to me, so it's... I don't always think that clear this early in the morning for me. <laughs> but I'm listening. Thank you. I'm with you, Mary. Chris, sometimes when I speak and I'm sharing, I'm like, I can't even believe that they're my thoughts. And that's when I know, like, you know, you know you're crazy when you, like, you hear yourself saying something like, that is just not the way it is. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> Yeah, hi. This is Paula. I, I said a couple of days on one of the calls, It's I so enjoy the silence sometimes to really absorb the shares and listen. And I, like you, Chris, sometimes I say things I don't even believe, I don't even know where it came from, but it's coming from somewhere so deep. But when I'm in a frazzled state, which I am today, I don't know where I'm coming from. It scares me, and I want to say a lot, but I don't know what to say. It sounds insane. It's like I'm really kind of in a limbo. So, I, you know, I, I listen to the morning call, you know, the, and all those now these lessons, these workbook lessons are so wrapped in love and nice and forgiveness and... And then we come into the manual of the teachers and he keeps reminding where I should be. And this is me. I'm not talking for anybody else. <laughs> it's my own head. <laughs> and you read some of these paragraphs, you know, and you talk like the central lesson is always this, what you use the body for, what you use to sin and attack. And I don't even want to hear those words because I can say those words to myself over and over and wake up like I did 3 o'clock in the morning with my mind just going a mile, million miles an hour. So when I come on the call, I'm kind of in a in a decompression cabin uh, container, you know, just trying to decompress and kind of put mm. it all together again because I'm just so my I'm just so frazzled. And I want to be, and I want to listen, and I want to join in, but there's something that keeps pulling me back. So this is my state right now. So, But I'm always here. 
And when I speak, it's when I've pulled it together. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm complete. That's a perfect chair, Paula. Thanks. Thanks, Paula. Totally perfect, Paula. I have been frazzled recently. I know what you're talking about. But you know what? It's like we're talking about cough. Your willingness. Incredible willingness, and that's why you're here. That's why I'm here, and we're all here. I love you, Paula. I love you, too, Paula. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Can I say something? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just... Go ahead. Okay, thanks, Carl. Um, I want to say something about people not talking at the call. Of course, I would love to hear everybody say everything that's in their heart, if it were possible in the time on the call. I, I would. And also, I am talking as a person who has spent two-thirds of the life, about two-thirds of the life she's had already in these years, not talking. And if I were on this call, I wouldn't talk. I might talk to one person at the end, at the after call or something, but I wouldn't just what, speak up and, and say what I believed. I mean, I'm not saying that this is how the, those people are feeling. I don't know how they're feeling or what they're doing. But I uh, am asking for a plea, and, and I'm talking now, and I've been talking now for some years. Um, and, and so I believe that it's true for everybody, that everybody will have times and lives and, and situations and everything where they don't feel safe talking or they don't want to talk for whatever reason, and they will have time when they do. And I, I, I'd like us to just, you know, I know we all would like to feel, we'd like to have everybody talk, and I'd like to see us kind of let that go. Um, if I were one of the people that weren't talking, even if it were said in a very loving way, which it was, but on separate, different occasions, I might feel pressured and that might not help me. And so I hope you all take this, especially you, Lee, in the loving way in which it's meant to be loving for everybody. Thank you, and I'm complete. I hear you. I uh, hear you loud and clear. Thank you. It, it hadn't occurred to me that by suggesting that there be sufficient silent space for those who are gathering their thoughts to speak that um, that it might be taken as um, um, uh, any any <laughs> um, that's an, that's a really helpful uh, perspective that you've shared with me for me to recognize that there are those that could take that request for silence sufficient for for everyone to find their voice as um, as pressure on those who don't feel like speaking. Um, I appreciate that, and uh, and I'll try to ensure that that's not what comes across in in asking for those um, silent times in the future. Thank you. Bless you, Lee. <clears throat> well, Reverend Regis, how about a prayer? Oh, go ahead. May, may I be the first to say uh, that when I talk, I talk out of uh, an urgency uh, that is not always aware of uh, what might be in someone else's heart to speak. And uh, I think the spirit of the idea 
uh, is to be mindful of what I would say is a desire for all to be heard who have a desire to speak. And so I know uh, it's time to close now, but I think there's, uh, there's a sensitivity in my heart to, that would refrain me from speaking if I thought my many words excluded someone with fewer. And that's what I want to be mindful of. I love to hear our oneness, which is among many voices. And uh, and often when I remain quiet on an entire call, it's because I have to exercise discipline to not speak. That's my that's my side of the coin. I have to exercise discipline to not speak. And it's, uh, I think, meaningful to do so, to ask those who are uh, quite easy to speak, to ask to exercise discipline uh, in our own sense of having a willingness and a heart to give space for everyone to speak. I'm complete. I so echo that, Bryce, and I so appreciate that every time I hear somebody say, let's give some space for anybody who has not shared that would like to share, to be able to share and honor the silence, that opens up a sense of freedom and um, so that everybody has a chance. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Bryce, for that. Thank you. I agree. Thank you. Sometimes this is for sometimes the loud the silence speaks louder because we're all here with the one mind with oneness and unity and seeking our own inner strengths our own or whatever and yes we pick up golden nuggets here and there and we pick up other things too along the way it's how we we filter so like I said sometimes the silence speaks volumes I'm complete Nice, everyone. Thanks. Thank you for giving me a minute. I'm complete. Uh, this is Reverend Marija Joy, and uh, I, I just got this idea that uh, doing these closings is such an amazing gift to myself. I have, I have, just by taking the time to open to guidance and listen as I wash over the material, I just sort of wash over the material, and what jumps out at me, what does my heart open up with, and, and what are the relationships. Remember when he said on, on some of our lessons, he said, now just be quiet and allow related thoughts to come to you about the lesson. So it's not the words of the lesson. He said, just Say these words, then be quiet and let related thoughts come. And that's what this is like. It's like related thoughts come as I wash over the material. So it might be something you might all want to try to do sometime. It's so amazing. You know, just read the material and then see what jumps out at you and, and, and open to related thoughts that come from, 
from Holy Spirit. Um, uh, I just had that thought. And um, Nice, Reverend Rita. Thank you. <laughs> okay. It's really... Uh, it was beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Rita. <laughs> and I would sister. love to see that. Yeah, what, honey? Thank you, my sister. Oh, <laughs> thank you, my sister. <laughs> I would love to... Um, and for, I would love for you to all share that too. Share what, what the related thoughts were. But I'm telling you, this is such a blessing that I have to be able to, to, to do this and to have the opportunity to do this. And um, I know I listen to this again and again myself because I, I feel so. It's just such a, <sighs> it's just such a blessing. It blesses my my limited self <laughs> as I try to move it out of the way it keeps reminding me so shall uh, if we're are we is there are there any other shares before we close with a prayer okay I invite everyone and anyone to join in an after call as well okay so we'll take uh, we'll take this time now as we end our time together and we call it a communion and it truly is a communion of souls there are no accidents. We chose to be here with one another. I'm hearing of soul groups. Perhaps this is our group of souls come together to remember, holding one another's hand. So we close our eyes, draw that awareness within, feel the love and the joining and the unity. We visited today wonderful question how many teachers of God are needed to save the world perhaps we think it's a number <laughs> and it is we're told today the number is one I am one self united with my creator and with all living things this one self is complete and healed and whole and shines its light upon a darkened world which has forgotten the truth about itself. The teacher in the one mind within is what saves the world. The teacher is this one mind. Quote, what does it matter if they then appear in many forms? Their minds are one. Their joining is complete. And God works through them now as one. For that is what they are. Unquote. One teacher. One mind. One son. This I come to remember and to share. And this the vision is that saves the world from its illusion of separation. I am gently reminded now of the truth about myself from lesson 95 we say to everyone we meet quote you are one self with me united with our creator in this self I honor you because of what I am and what he is who loves us both as one unquote and so the one becomes the many Infinite facets of the infinitude come to shine a light on a darkened world. 
Again I ask, Who is the teacher of God? And I hear, Anyone who chooses to be one. We read today these, quote, Teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation. But because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. Yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unquote. I learned today this one self, this teacher of God, uses the body as a communication tool to teach the world the truth about itself. The body is needed since, quote, their unity could not be recognized directly, unquote. And thus, the teacher of God lets God's voice speak through it to human ears. Elder Brother went on today in our manual to teach us about this body that we have chosen as teachers of God. Quote, when its usefulness is done, it is laid by, and that is all. The mind makes this decision as it makes all decisions which are responsible for the body's condition. God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him what his function is. He does not suffer, either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. Unquote. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, today I am opening to the unlimited power that comes from knowing my will is yours. It comes from remembering who I am, one self, one mind, United with my Creator, I hear you whisper to me, quote, Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. It is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeing and yet surely theirs, unquote. This is what I aspire to today, this unity, this vision, which can look upon all things for me. As I hear you whisper, quote, we need your help, your little part in bringing happiness to all the world. The heaven looks to you in confidence that you will try today. Share then its surety, for it is yours. Be vigilant. Do not forget today. And now we say amen and join in unity. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Wow. Thank, Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Gorgeous. Bless you.